I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 285 of Video Games Hot Dog, the podcast we record here in this very room, and that very room, Riff. Yes, this very room. Riff, describe that room. Is it your happy place? It, it's it's a pretty good place. It's, uh, it is mainly shelves and tables and other surfaces piled with objects. Objects such as empty beef jerky bags? Uh... Empty cereal boxes. No, there hasn't been a lot of jerky or cereal. Um, okay. There's some cider bottles, some Monster Energy beverage cans. There's a lot of Legos. There's, empty Amazon boxes. Yeah, those are all piled over in the corner. Um, okay. There's, That's not really, the floor is not really count as a surface, I don't think. I'm pretty sure the floor is a surface, Kevin. <laughs> are the shelves just, just boards? No. <laughs> no, they're all real shelves. They're IKEA Billy bookcases. But I was going to ask if they floor? were no. if they were boards propped on top of Monster Energy drink cans, empty <laughs> ones. <laughs> Just sort of knit, stacked together into into poles. Yeah, they sell them at IKEA. Yeah. So you can build shelves out of them. I used to uh keep my laptop on four film like uh plastic film canisters mm. to like provide airflow underneath it. Sure. Um I don't. I don't even bother anymore. To provide airflow. To provide airflow. It just doesn't matter. Everything. Everything is going to melt eventually. Yeah, we're all going <laughs> to die. There was a version of Hearthstone recently that was causing my computer to overheat pretty regularly. Really? To overheat? Yeah, my laptop. Like it would shut down. <clears throat> no, it would just. Uh, it would just matter. say your performance is reduced because your computer is too hot. And it, the frame rate would tank. And huh. is this on a, a Mac? Did you have to get rid of like a sexy lady wallpaper that you were using? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I did that because my mom was going to be looking at my computer. <laughs> my mom doesn't know I like sexy ladies. My mom knows I like sexy ladies. Come on. Uh, we saw my mom uh, yeah. this past week uh, and when we were in Arizona for ZapCon, hey. April 23rd and 17th, I didn't Mesa Convention Center, Mesa, Arizona. You didn't, and yeah, neither did Riff. And I'm sure you guys are much sadder than we are because of that. <laughs> anyway, ZapCon went really well. Yeah. We had uh, more attendance by a significant margin than last About year. 15%. More games than last year by a significant margin, which is the most games we've ever had. Mm. Is Zapcon something that turns a profit? Mm -hmm. cool. I mean, it's a non-profit. It's, it's operated by a non-profit, so technically no, but it, it has money in the bank that we can use to buy pinball machines. It's and not shit. like a, it's a, not a money <clears throat> sink. No, correct. It, it That's lost, cool. it lost a very small amount of money the first year and then broke even the second year and it has more or less been growing. Um, to the point where we can sort of pay Wes more to do uh, good to do all the tricks that Wes has to do. Good, that makes me happy. Pay for the venue out ahead of time every time. No, it's good. It's it's worked out really well. Um, it's, it's a ton of work. Yeah, it's, it ahead. has been it has been slightly less work than the first year when Wes and I and 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 Patrick and everybody except Kevin because Kevin was sick had to drive all over Phoenix for like three days picking up arcade games oh, from no, people's I, houses. I was there the first year. The second year oh. was one that I was sick. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I was yeah. I was definitely moving machines. Mm. That yeah, that year. sucked doing that ourselves, but we couldn't convince anybody to bring their machines to the show when the show didn't exist, you know? But once we had done yeah. it once, it was like, hey, you know what? We're not doing that anymore. And they said, okay. Well, we did it twice. We just didn't do everybody's stuff yeah. the second time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I, I played in a Tetris tournament. How'd you do? Cool. I came in fourth. How many prizes were there? 
Uh, two. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Aaron, uh, Aaron Burke from the mini bosses, uh, who has moved back to Phoenix. And, uh, so the, the, the mini bosses in their loungy bosses configuration played in the classic console lounge and it was good. Oh, that's it's really awesome. good. Does, yeah. Does that mean they don't have a drummer? Is that what loungy bosses? The drummer uses brushes. Okay. Yeah. They have all right. 16 drummers. And they're oh. just all very quiet. And it's still, it's like still amplified electric guitar. I wonder if, I wonder if Aaron can even play an acoustic guitar. <laughs> I wonder what it would happen if you put it in his hands. It would still be amplified somehow. Uh, ben Baraldi uh, made his uh, triumphant cameo return uh, on accordion for a few, uh, for a few songs. They didn't play Excite Bike, I don't think. Do, 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 do. Is that the only song in that soundtrack? Yeah. Okay. But they, when they play it, they do a kind of thing where they play it and then they play it again and they play it again and they play it again. <laughs> like, like on the title wildly, screen of Excite Bike. Wildly varying tempos okay, every time, right. sort of like set by the drummer in like different cadences. It's, okay. uh, it's fun. It's it's a fun thing to see them play live. Um, Have they put so out just loop an... what I did, but at different speeds. Mm-hmm. Have they put out an album of their loungy bosses or jazzy bosses stuff? I don't believe so. Oh, they totally should. That stuff is Yeah, great. they should. It you really should, is. Next time you have them play, you should just put a microphone in the room and then release and that hook, as an hook album. that up to an LP ROM drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. I didn't, other than that Tetris tournament, play all that many games. I played two games of uh, pinball uh, Ghostbusters. Nice. Oh. That was it. Did you figure out the Holy secret? Thing. I didn't even get it into that mode. No, I, I I leveraged my position on the board of the Classic Game Preservation Society uh, to get the Classic Game Preservation Society to buy that pinball machine. So <laughs> I now have one in my house in Arizona. Awesome. But I didn't play it even once, so I'm never going to crack the code at this rate. That's true. I guess I could just fly back there on the weekends. That would be cheaper than paying for every game of pinball to play at a bar here. <laughs> you should arrange for like pinball historians to come into your house and figure out that thing that that the weird puzzle. Yeah, you should there arrange for a high speed rail between San Francisco and Arizona so you can oh, get man, I, easier. Yeah, I really should. Is that a thing that CGPS could uh, make no, happen? Do you think? Not at all. What if we team up with Elon Musk's boring company? Uh, still no. I remember in like dig a 2000, too. yeah, in like 2009, there was a bill on the, uh, on the docket for, um, like to, to fund, uh, building a, a building rail between here and San Diego. And I voted for it because like my, I had family in San Diego, but then I was like, I looked into it later and it was like, this would take 20 years to do. And then my family all moved out of San Diego. So I can't take my vote back, but now you don't want it. Yeah. I mean, you know what? If they could sell, like ship in the burritos, I would, uh, I would pay extra for that. It would, would be a lot easier you know, to do like a hyper loop for burritos than it would be for passengers. A burrito tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Would it? Drones. Yeah. You think it'd be easier to drill a hole that's too small for a person to get into than one that's big enough for a person to get into? Uh, you don't have to drill a hole. It's it's like a it's like a giant above ground thing. Oh, I see. The hyperloop. So it's like a pipe, like a burrito pipeline, not yes. a burrito Ooh. tunnel. Okay. Exactly. Hot and cold running burritos. I thought the hyperloop yeah. was underground. Not to my not to my knowledge. 
I thought that was the whole point of the Hyperloop is that it was underground. Enclosed. Where, I see. It's like it's a pressurized but, tube. But, I but think then it's you'd have to get stilts. if you didn't do it underground, you'd have to get like easement across every road in California. You just do it over the ocean. No, but I think that's part of the that's part of what they're doing is like figuring out how to get uh how to get it get the land rights from here to there. I was under the impression that it was the whole point of it was that it was underground. I don't think so. Hmm. That's not my understanding. Everything I've ever seen of it was it was an elevated tube. The other thing they could do is just have a burrito cannon. Mm. And oh, the same yeah. thing would apply where you flash freeze it and then you fire it and then the friction the in the air <laughs> would or just the it. combustion of the of the bullet behind it. Moment, yeah. sure. You could get yeah. you could get four drones to on each corner of a net and then it could catch the burrito. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe there's like a challenge. Or I could just mode. open my mouth. Yeah, if you can catch it in I your mouth, a... then you get it for free. I think you might just lose all your teeth or your entire head. Oh, uh, yeah. In that case. Yeah, what okay. What would happen? Like if you got hit by a snowball going a million miles an hour, what would happen? I would die. Yeah, would I think, you? I think you I'm pretty die. sure I would I don't die. Know, could a snowball if, if, survive? If you could still call it a snowball yeah. when it hit me. I mean, yeah, it, it might like just a be a ball cold of plasma breeze. at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if it was a cold breeze, it wouldn't hurt you. I think but it would a be million mile like, an hour cold breeze, I think, would yeah, for probably like a, kill for me. For like a second, no. It would kill me for a second. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe that. <laughs> no, you know what I mean, though, right? Like, if you if you got like a... Uh, uh, mm, I don't know, like a, like a, okay, let's say, let's say that on, you can't do that on television. Uh-huh. They fucked up. And instead of the person pouring the slime on someone, uh-huh. uh, getting on top of like a 12 foot ladder, uh-huh. they accidentally ordered like a 1200 foot ladder. Right. Uh-huh. So that the slime had time to reach terminal velocity. Yeah. Right. Terminal like, velocity is way less than a million miles an hour, though. Mm, yeah. Is it? It is. I don't know that we can say that for sure. I'm. You are not a scientist. We don't know <laughs> what the terminal velocity sure. of slime is. It's lower than a million yeah, miles an hour. Yeah, pretty low, probably. <laughs> are you a fluid dynamicist? I'm... I'm are a you dynamicist? A, are you a famous fluid, fluid dynamicist? Or, and and an if, if so, would you say that say? you're more famous or more of a fluid dynamicist? Yes. I, I'm, I'm guessing that if they dropped slime on me from a 1,200-foot ladder, it would knock me on my ass, but I probably wouldn't die. Do you- Here's a question. If, if you were hit by, like, say, water that was dropped from the sky, mm-hmm. how, bad, how bad do you think that would hurt? Do I have an umbrella? <laughs> Is is the water solid or liquid? Either. Uh huh. Um, I've I actually have experience in both cases. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You know, right? it's kind of annoying. Right. I think like, I think that's probably about the same that it would be with slime. Yeah. I have heard of things like like but in it was like, tornadoes or super powerful hurricanes, where you get like. Bits of straw, blades of grass, yeah, yeah. impaling telephone poles yeah. and things like that. Right, but would that kill a person? <laughs> it, it only kills the telephone pole. Well, I mean, like if you stab a telephone pole, it doesn't kill the telephone pole, but <laughs> it's not it's not good for anything, right? But so, if a piece of straw was moving fast enough to embed itself into a telephone pole, and you embedded it in a person instead, yeah. how much damage do you think that would do? It would 
It would be like getting shot, I think. What if there was a Band-Aid that got loose during a tornado <laughs> and the oh. Band-Aid was moving so fast that it, de- that it decapitated someone? Yeah. <laughs> They'd need a lot more Band-Aids to deal with that. Or yeah, you just get you get like decked across the the face with a first aid kit moving in a tornado or something. Yeah. Um, speaking of straw, there's a jar of um, strawberry jam that was jarred by I think uh, I think April's sister like three years ago, and it's just been in our fridge ever since. Okay. And on the lid, someone wrote the word straw. And I laugh every time I see it, every single time, just because it says straw, but what's in it is strawberry jam. If you look at it in a mirror, it'll say warts. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. It's even funnier. It, <laughs> it's, it's a gift that keeps giving. You should, put a, you should put a mirror. You know, you get one of those mirrors for uh, shaving in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that magnify. That's a really so good you, idea. You just pull I out like that, that can of whipped cream and... So is this is this jar of jam? Is it has it been unopened the whole time? I, I believe it has been unopened the whole time. Yeah. Eventually, it's going to go bad. That's, then, uh, is it? It's. it's I mean, preserves. I right. think it's probably already bad, but no, we can't get I, rid of it because it's such a good joke. Visual joke. Yeah. Okay. You could use. You could reuse the jar for something uh, else. I could put anything in that jar, right. and it would still be hilarious. Anything fill it except with straw. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Straw wouldn't wouldn't be funny. Yeah, because then it would just be, it would just do what it said on the <laughs> yeah. tin. I seriously though, I don't think that jam from three years ago can hurt you, can it? You disagreed with me the other day when I said nothing can go wrong with beer in a can or a bottle that will make it dangerous. Yeah, I have. I just have no uh, mm. evidence to that. It could be shot I, out of a mortar. That's true. <laughs> uh, is it? Well, depends on how far yeah, if, away if you, you drop it from a plane. From, yeah. Uh, I want to, I want to circle back around to this because okay. this is the thing that I, that I'm, I'm not kidding. Like I genuinely believe that of beer, unlike like canned vegetables or whatever, that there, there can't be anything wrong with a can of beer. Like nothing just naturally can go wrong with a can of beer that wasn't like adulterated with something that made it dangerous earlier on that makes it dangerous over time. It will just, it can be gross, but it can't be dangerous. Well, it depends on how well it was canned let's say right like bottled beer definitely like the seal breaks and actually that's true like everything like even cans of coke and stuff like that eventually they they just spring leaks and stuff right uh and so if it springs a leak and then bacteria gets in yeah and then a tiny bug crawls in and poisons it yeah well any bacteria or whatever will take hold and then it becomes dangerous right like bottles for sure they're they become has anyone ever gotten sick from drinking beer? <laughs> I I would argue no. You know, they say that if you drop a penny off the Empire State Building that it will kill someone, but then I read that that's not that's true. Not true, exactly, yeah. Okay. What if you drop a bullet off the top of the Empire State Building? What if you fire a bullet <laughs> at someone who is also on the roof of the Empire State Building with you? <laughs> it depends on the caliber of the bullet and where you where you shoot them. Probably uh, on the roof of the Empire State Building. This has been established. <laughs> Guys. Yes. <laughs> Jim, you just got back from Germ- Germany. Germany. Yeah. 
It was cool. Yeah. Tell us all about it. Yeah. Um, Did you meet Angela Merkel? No, maybe. Okay. I, I guess I didn't get a lot of names. Okay. <laughs> Did you go to the German version of the SIGGRAPH conference, SIGHEIL? <laughs> oh, oh, dang. Oof. Wow. Too soon, too soon. Uh, I went to a maze, which I still don't really know what it is because I was busy playing video games the whole time because I was judging. At, oh, Okay. Did they invite you or did you like sign up or something? What happened? Yeah, I was I was approached uh, by the guy who runs the conference. Okay. Um, Who's he, the guy who runs the conference? Thorsten something. He had a German name. Okay. Um, that I don't know. Uh, and um, he wanted me to speak at the conference and I agreed. And I think it later came up or maybe I just didn't really read the email that closely that he also wanted me to judge, which turned out to be the much bigger, um, commitment. Uh, because you did I, this at the conference as opposed to like in advance. Well, I did as much as I could in advance. Okay. So I played like 10 games that I got on steam and then 20 at the conference. Okay. Um, and then we, uh, the judges all deliberated over cheese noodles what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> this was something that we we went to a restaurant in uh near the near the the festival, and like the the item that everybody kept like coming back to on the menu was cheese noodles, um, which was apparently a delicacy in that uh, vicinity. I don't know if it was specifically that ta like the town that the owned restaurant owner was from, um. And like four out of six of us ended up ordering it. It was very, it ended up being like something like a, a pound of noodles with, uh, per person. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Per person with like a very stinky cheese on it. So I was like, I was in my own head joking about macaroni and cheese about this is the German version of macaroni and cheese. And it might actually be, uh, but it was a very different eating experience, except in that like, Wait, so that's the kind of joke. That you tell yourself in, in, in your own head, uh -huh. this is like the German equivalent of macaroni and yeah, cheese. Uh -huh. That you're much funnier on the outside. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've got all these filters. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, and uh, sorry, it, to, I, it, it was a Jim's kind of jet lagged. It was a I am yeah. It was a very very stinky cheese. It was like Swiss cheese, but like. Like a Gruyere, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So a very, like it was, so it was very unlike macaroni and cheese, except that you feel really gross after you eat any of it. Oh man, if we ever opened a cheese shop in Switzerland, we should put a sign on the wall that said, it is pitch black, you are likely to eat a Gruyere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Like the, the whole trip can basically be summarized in like, uh, so I have three tweets, um, if you go on my Twitter account and you click the media tab, um, I have three tweets with four images each, which are each uh, German storefronts with amusing, um, amusing Puns. titles or iconography or. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, I was. I'll put a link to them in the show notes. Cool. So that that's a good summary of Berlin. And do you think that you're a racist? So this was something I was actually tweeting about. Um, the, I think you can divide those images into uh, a couple of categories. One is that, like, this is Germans using a language that is foreign to them in a weird way. So, like, there's one that's 
the the where the, the title of the, the name of the store was Icaramba Hunger, with like a bunch of U's in hunger, if I remember right. Hunger. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really funny in a way that is not racist against Germans. But it's Germans being racist against Mexicans. That might be the joke. I'm not sure. Um, but then I also tweeted a picture that was just the word abonement, which is probably not how you pronounce it, <laughs> which I thought was, it's, it's just a fucking word. It's just a word in German. It's a pretty good word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but because I'm an asshole, I, I like, I thought it was hilarious that there's nothing wrong with finding words in other languages. Yeah. Funny you know, a right, highway so, exit so the, is called an ouse fart. <laughs> So, so that's not, that's hilarious and not in a racist way. Sure. So the joke here is that this is a foreign language. Foreigners are funny. And I think that's a very different joke than like these people are like misusing a language, maybe deliberately in a very funny way. Um, and I feel like the character of these two kinds of humor are very different. Uh, even though like I was, I don't know. Even though I was, I, I felt like I was um, engaging with them in the same way. I don't really think that you're racist. I just, it always, it's always a little weird. You know, the advice that I've been given on speaking a foreign language is speak in an accent like you're making fun of a person from that country and it will just, you're going to feel like an asshole, but it will sound way more convincing <laughs> if you do that. And it's true, but it's real hard to do because you just feel like you're, you know, going over the top. Yeah, because, I mean, I think that, I don't know. I mean, I feel like to to a lesser and lesser extent every year, people grew up surrounded by real casual racism. And so everybody's real familiar with the tropes of the, like, casual racism that's been prevalent in American comedy for the entire time. That's interesting. Yeah. Anything, any, like at this point, it's like, well, gotta just quit that. So anything that harkens back to that feels uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that's the sort of thing that you might have to, um, you might be more comfortable to ease yourself into it by like, like starting doing this around someone, you know, well, okay. Um, someone in, in this case, presumably a person who speaks German, well, I try to imagine somebody speaking English and affecting the accent that they would that they would affect to make fun of Americans uh, if they were talking to people who spoke their own language. And then I think I wouldn't know what that sounded like. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny to hear a Brit put on an American accent as like an affectation. Often because they will say funny things. For it's sure. a, like it, I think it's less funny if they because they're always like hand me my gun or whatever. <laughs> Uh, I think it's funny when they say things like take the piss in an American accent, just like <laughs> phrases that Americans never use. So did you, uh, what sorts of games are submitted to a maze? Uh, there was a, like an it was mostly, it was mostly like, yeah, indie kind of stuff. It mostly artsy kind of indie games. Unreleased or released or both? Both. Okay. Yeah. Any, were there any games in it that you already knew? Are there any games in it that you are glad you know about now? Uh, yeah, I'll talk about some. I, so the, there were a few games there that were also in the, uh, in the running for, uh, Nuovo. Um, so everything and Oikerspiel were both, um, everything. Yeah. That just ruins conversations. <laughs> yeah. That happened a bunch. Uh, 
during judging was I love everything. I hate everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know what never happened in judging was anybody saying I like Oikospiel. Oh man, I wasn't the only one who liked Oikospiel, mm. but it didn't win anything. Mm. I'm, yeah, I'm kidding. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm sure it's great. Uh, Do uh, there were, but there were th- games that I liked a lot, and I'll talk about them. Sure. During the game section. Do, do the public get to play games at a base? Yeah. Is there a, like, is there an, like an attendee yeah, experience? Yeah. Yes. So like, uh, I, I don't actually feel qualified to talk about it because I was mostly doing judging stuff. Um, but it seemed like to, uh, to the public, the, uh, games exhibition hall, which was like, three rooms it was like probably this this isn't helpful for the listeners the size of the campo santo office in total um uh with forty thousand square feet is that right (laughs) i don't i don't know i don't know what forty thousand is this is probably 2500 square feet right i have no idea there were like 40 games there there were like 40 40 computers with 40 games including a, a including like five or 10 that were, had like big spaces. Cause they were, there was a V a pigeon VR pigeon game where like four people put on Google cardboard helmets and, and would move their necks like a bird does to eat bread. I thought you were going to say four people put on Oculus riffs and four people put on vives. And then they had to come up with a shared language between <laughs> their two cultures to <laughs> communicate and solve a problem. I would make that game. That sounds amazing. It's a good game jam theme. Wow, a game that yeah, a game that forced you to come up with a ge- just a game that a multiplayer game that forced you to devise a way to communicate within the scope of the game. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I I was almost gonna make that game, and it didn't happen for reasons I can't talk about. Mm. I guess you kind of have that in in Glittermitten Grove a little bit. Not, yeah, I mean it's, but it's not given that there's not a person on the other end of it. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Man, you know what? You know what I would. You know what I'm saying. I'm gonna do uh, after West of Loathing ships is just fucking every game jam. Yeah, like just every everyone, every game, single one. Game of them. jams are great. Gonna write a nano rimo. Gonna yeah. gonna jam jam some games. Yeah, gonna do it all. Gonna do it all. Yeah. Would using the West of Loathing engine be cheating? I don't know. No. That's a good question. No. So I, use it using I would that. Say no. Yeah, because like, that you could make some. Like a great, we can make game, a fucking impressive games. thing in a weekend with that engine. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, yeah, um, pretty good. And after the uh, after, oh, so the exhibition hall opens at like noon or two p.m. The public can come in and play a bunch of games. It's also attached to like a a weird like bar food court thing that seems to be there norm like even when the festival isn't there. Um, and then like a half a block away, there's another venue that has talks. So you go in, you can go inside, uh, into a, like a dark room with a few hundred people in it and there's someone speaking there, or you can like be outside, uh, and lounge by a swimming pool. And on the other side of the pool from the, from all the seats, there is, um, a screen where the, the, the person who's speaking inside is being projected. That's pretty good. Yeah. And there, as far as I could tell, there were talks all day for three or four days, but just the, just the one, um, 
just the one track, just the one room with with the speaker in it. So it's a very low key event. Did you get to meet Jay Tholen? I did. Is he dreamy? He's cool. He seems, he, he seems like he's probably. He dreamy. actually. Did you know? Did you know that he actually lives in Germany now? I did not. He moved. He he. Well, mar- I thought he was still in Florida. He'd be really good at playing that Germany or Florida game that Adam Carolla used to play on <laughs> Loveline. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm not familiar. Describe something, and then it's like a game show. It's because it's always some fucked up thing that happened in either Germany or like somebody, okay, you know, killed his neighbor and ate so, his balls. That's why there's like, the the Germany man category on uh, Fark. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah, he uh, he recognized me. I didn't know what he looked like. He just like recognized me as I was walking down the street, and then we had a conversation. He looked it from Twitter. He looks like the guy from Iron and Wine. I've never seen that one, so that's probably why I didn't recognize him. It's a band. Yeah. Okay. I thought it, I assumed it was a movie. Yeah. So that's what doubly why I didn't recognize him. It's, I mean, they they have songs in movies, but it's hard to tell what they look like from those. Right. Yeah. I didn't hear him sing either. So. I bet it's dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> he just seems like a really nice guy. I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad that you met him, and I'm glad that uh, the reality bore out him being cool. Yeah, he's cool. Um. He's he's now uh, married to a, a, a German woman, um, so that, I think that's working out for him. I think he seems to like it there. Yeah, no space out. Go go, Jay Tholen. He, I, my first interaction with Jay was when he tweeted about an episode of Train Hot Dog in such a way that it made it evident that he'd actually listened to the episode, which was shocking to me. Hmm. Like just the idea that anybody He's one would, of the lucky seventy people. <laughs> one of the, the idea that anybody would listen to an episode of Train Hot Dog is just like mind blowing. Um, yeah, and then the uh, I and then I spoke on Friday, and that talk's probably going up on YouTube. So I'll, then I'll I'll find out if I was any good. Nice. Um, Who? What were there any other notable speakers that you were aware of? Uh, and Nordhagen was, gave a talk about uh, Wudu Tulu. Okay. Um. That's where the water tastes like wine. Yeah. I don't know if anybody but me pronounces it like that, but I, I pronounced it like that in front of him and he understood me. So maybe. Does he work on uh, in a WYSIWYG editor? <laughs> Presumably. Wudu Tulu? I, I think he's working in Unity, so. Got some vacuums going in the office now. This is the disadvantage of recording on a Friday night when the cleaners are here. Yeah, sorry about that. That's no, probably going to be fine. It's Thursday night. Fuck. Just make them disappear. However, will is it? Is it actually Thursday? Am no, I? No. Am I crazy? Okay. Kevin always gets mad at me for saying that it's Thursday night when it's Wednesday night and we're recording the KOL show. Oh yeah, it's the Thursday podcast. Yeah, I I have no idea what day it is because it it took like a day of flying to get to Germany, but also the clock advanced an extra day. I think. Anyway, I, I I lost some time, and then I got it back on the way back, so I got doubly confused. But you still had to spend, like, a day in an airplane. Yeah. Not the best. Also, um, I didn't know this at the time. This is probably why the flight was so cheap. It, the cheapest flight was Turkish Airlines. And I'm pretty sure the reason it was so cheap is that flights that go through Istanbul, um, back to the, go from Istanbul to the United States, uh, you can't have any electronics in the cabin. What? Wow. Uh, just your, you, you can have your phone. Sorry, you can have your phone, but not like if you brought your 3DS or your laptop, you have to check it. 
Wow. wow. We have to check a laptop? Yeah. Gross. That's new, though. I think, I think, I think. Yeah, that's, that's a Trump thing. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. huge. And I didn't know this at the time, um, but that was really, I feel very lucky. You know that- what? Having found that out. I'm beginning to think that this guy is not a very good president. <laughs> it's this is the first time, uh, like not counting like just being generally angry and the malaise of the people around me. Um, this is the first time that he's actually affected my life in a negative way. So I, I now I agree with you with with you, Zach. Huh. I think this is a bad president. But yeah, we finished. Uh, I finished up at the conference, uh, and then April flew in, and we did some tourist stuff. Nice. Which was a lot of fun. Did you stay in Berlin, or? Yeah, we stayed in East Berlin with the, uh, the cute traffic light man. What? There's, <laughs> I guess, this is something I didn't know about until I went to East Berlin. Um, like one of the, like one of the holdovers from the pre-Berlin Wall, uh. Communist Berlin. Yeah, from Communist Berlin is, um, the uh, the traffic lights there that have a very like adorable little walking man, a very specific like walking man and a, and a man with his arms outstretched to indicate that you're not supposed to walk. And another um, man pointing a gun at that man. <laughs> yeah. They, yes. That's they all have bullet holes in them. Um, as opposed to everywhere else, like West Berlin and presumably everywhere else in Germany, where it's just a kind of a generic like walk or don't walk sign. Um, and it's it's it's. Striking to the point where, like, I noticed it and I thought it was adorable. And then, like, it's not it, like I'm not the only one who thinks this because, like, there are stores dedicated to, like, gotcha. entirely to tourist tourist stuff with this. Right. It's like your keep calm and carry on or your mannequin piss. Yeah. I ended up, I ended up getting a, a bag of um, Ample Man uh, gummies. Ample Man is his it's, name? Ample is, I don't know, I'm sure if I pronounced it with a horrible fake German accent, it would be more convincing. Um, Ample is traffic light. Mm. And man is man, except there are two N's. Yeah. Ample Man. But I was, I was really impressed with um, how cheap the food and how robust the public transit was. Um, and I was... I saw an ad for um for it was for like a a product design school and this had me thinking about like just going to Germany to learn things and re- reading about that and apparently like school is free there healthcare by free I mean provided by the like paid for by the state health care paid for by the state um and then I went to the uh, palace of Frederick the Great uh, and saw like the opulence of the German leader in like the 19th century. And I realized that that's where we are now. Yep. Uh, and everywhere else in the world has moved on from like, uh, Oligarchy uh to the culture, moved on from a culture where like priority number one is making sure the rich can get as rich as possible. Yeah. There's no, I didn't see a single, uh, in like big gross department store there. No Walmart. Um, I saw a ton of like mom and pop, like phone and like consumer electronics shops. Like everything seemed like it, it just seems it'll be a lot economically healthier in that respect. 
I was really impressed. And it made me like, it made me edit. I couldn't tell, like, I still don't know if I'm like desperate to move to Berlin or just out of the Bay Area. You could try moving to like somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah. You could pick a, a, a lot more Walmarts there. German sounding. Okay, so town it's Berlin. Yeah, probably Berlin. The U.S. and see what see if you like it. What's up? Sorry. Just move to a town that has a German sounding name. Oh yeah. You could move to Oberlin, uh, <laughs> Ohio, as is kind of a stepping stone. That the do they have a public transit system there? There's probably a bus. Yeah. The is place public transit paid for by the state. Uh no, you buy uh you buy uh, buy tickets. <laughs> But then they don't usually check. Thanks, them. Merkel. <laughs> you just have to have you just have to have it on you in case an inspector comes around. Yeah, um, they you, you, there's no like turnstile. Yep. There just is very occasionally. This happened once in our trip, uh, where someone will come by and ask for, ask to see the ticket. And if you don't have it, they throw you out the window of the Zeppelin. <laughs> <You're> fine. <laughs> I d- didn't see it happen. Yeah, presumably. Yeah. yeah, it's not that weird. Like Caltrain does it the same way. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's how the light rail in Phoenix works. Yeah, that's how the rail out here does, too. I've seen it happen on BART. Really? Inspectors on BART? Yeah, once. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know how they can tell. I mean, I guess you show them your clipper card or whatever. You show them your BART ticket. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's stored on the clipper card. Like, if you um, try to go the... I, I forget how I found this out, but, like, if you... If you leave without paying and then try to re-enter, it'll be confused and it'll ask you to show your clipper card to the uh, to the attendant. So, like, if it, it knows whether you are like riding right now or not. If you enter and then leave through the same, uh, oh yeah, you pay the excursion fee, which is the max fare. So it's yeah. like thirty bucks. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And if you don't. If you don't tag out, like if you just if the gate is open and you just walk through and forget to tag out, they also charge you the excursion fee because they assume that yeah uh, you're just sleeping on the train. Exactly, you've excursed. Oh man, I saw Get Out. Oh, you did. Yeah, good on on, uh, on Wednesday night. Real good. Welcome to the Get Out spoiler cast, where yeah. we talk about every detail of Get Out. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah. Riff. Nope. Okay. Hurry up. I guess we're not doing the spoiler cast yet. I had no idea uh, to what extent it was a spiritual successor to one of my favorite late 90s movies. Oh, yeah? I was just never brought up in in connection with it at all. And I don't even want to say which one, uh, because it's a spoiler, even to Riff. But Riff, I think you you would like this movie a lot. You should really see it. I'm sure I would. I just haven't been watching uh, movies lately. What have you been watching lately? A lot of a lot of mangas. Yeah, I've been watching a lot, a lot of, po- of Pokemon's. <laughs> yeah, sure. A lot of a lot of let's plays. I've been watching a some Pokemon manga. I've been watching some animes, but not a whole lot because and they have that uh, once you pop, you can't stop problem, and then it ends up being eight o'clock in the morning, and I haven't slept yet. I have that problem with Pringles. Yeah. That you Spit, eat one and then eat, it's eight o'clock in the morning. And it's eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say you shouldn't have pr- Pringles for breakfast, Zach. <laughs> one thing I, I say, shut up. One thing Mom. I realized shut about up, this is dinner. <laughs> about series TV is that if you watch the TV as it's being released, 
you can never have that problem. Now you're watching True. Better Call Saul now as it's released. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating, actually. Yeah. The new Twin Peaks. But it's probably for like the best. Luckily, I don't care about that at all. What? Better Call Saul is a Netflix original in Germany. That seems weird, because that doesn't seem like a thing that would vary depending on where you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, like, just whatever company brought the program to that region gets credit for it or something. That's pretty weird. Yeah, it was very strange to see. But it was nice to be able to just watch the most recent episode of Better Call Saul on Netflix. Do I get to be, like, the director of Godfather if I take it to, like, Mars or something? I think you it, you can make it be a Simmons original. Okay. <laughs> but it, <laughs> you couldn't be the director. Hmm. You have to localize it to Martian. Yeah, you could say Kevin Simmons presents... Okay. The Godfather. Bleep bloop. That's its subtitle for, for Martians. I see. <laughs> 40 minutes without talking about video games. I was just noticing uh, that, too. We talked about... Feeling, we talked around video games yeah, a lot. We, we, I, I deliberately didn't talk about video games. <laughs> what have you been up to that's not video games, Kevin? Uh, Zapcon. Oh, yeah. I was so, with you. Yeah, you were there. I printed 1,100 personalized badges. Yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah, that was balls. What, what's the alternative? Uh, non-personalized badges or personalized badges that are not each one is actually printed with the name on it I think we might print a bunch of blanks and then print out like name labels yeah. that we then affix to the badges you could just have people write their name well you could but you just get a package of my name is stickers yes I think I'd like to do just slightly classier than that but yeah okay. so like tattoos we could give everyone a name tag that just said, my name is Kid, Kid Rock. Sure. Okay. We're, we're talking about doing ZapCon next year on the Kid Rock cruise, right? It's going to be pretty complicated getting all those arcade machines from all of the different places in Phoenix onto a cruise ship. Mm. You probably just put them into a shipping container and then have them load the shipping container. Oh, and then the shipping yeah. container could just be the arcade. Right. Nice. Or a bunch of them, and you just stack them up precariously. Or you just take the arcade machines to, like, a shipyard and have them build a ship around them. Mm, okay. Did you see that article last year about the arcade that they found yeah. in a ship that had been wrecked? No. Most of the machines were in pretty bad shape, but it was just like some rich dude had a giant boat and stocked it with an arcade in the 90s and then just parked it somewhere and didn't own it anymore. So these games all got recovered, but there was a ton of water damage. Did the ship sink? No. No, I think it was just in dry dock, but there was water damage from, like, rain. Mm. From the wet conditions of the dry dock. That's a really funny (laughs) way for a boat to get water damage. Yeah, maybe it was in wet dock and there was water damage from the wind. Or maybe maybe it wasn't water damage. Maybe it was just slime dropped from a great height. That's true. It was a very tall boat. That's how I would tell it. Tall ships. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people in there that didn't know anything. They have that crow's nest, yeah. So that's where the person stands, uh, who's who's on slime duty for when <laughs> for when one of the slime pirates crows says, duty. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, video games. You can't do that. That on the boat. You can't do that on the Caribbean. I. <laughs> 
You, you can't do that on the way to Tuvalu. There's, there's a maritime law against that on television. Um, <laughs> we can do that on television because this is international waters. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so Kevin, did you play any video games? I did. I played. Uh, I played Type Shift. I played a fair bit of Type Shift. What do you think of it? Uh, I like it quite a bit. Uh, I don't remember exactly how much y'all have discussed it in previous shows. I think we pretty much described it. Yeah, it's it's like it's like little rolls with letters on them, and you select a letter off each roll to make a word. Yeah, I think I determined that it's not in the Google Play Store. Okay, I think it might just be iOS. Yeah, it uh, it has two distinct modes: one where you're just trying to to highlight every tile, so use every tile in a word, um, and you can make as many words as you want. There are some core words that are the fundamental set that make up the list and then there's a theoretical complete subset of other words of the same length how do you think they design these puzzles uh well the, that kind i think you just come up with you know four or five words that form the core set and you decide whether or not they're going to have letters in common in various positions so that those roles are fewer than the right the maximum I mean, I- that's how you would do it. Do you think that's how they do it? I don't know. I think it's a little more interesting to think about. So there's a second type of puzzle, which I actually enjoy quite a bit more, which yeah, is the uh, crossword clue style, where they do the same kind of thing where you have the reels with letters on it. Uh, but instead of just finding any arbitrary words in there, you're looking for specific words to match clues. And then when you, when you find uh, what you think is the answer to a clue, you tap that clue and if if you're correct it will cross it off and uh if there are no more words that use the the letters that you've used you've chosen they get so there, there's a there's a game called type shift puzzle on the play store by Doomkey games i don't think that's them it's no. got 2.9 stars no this is this is by I'm zach go, I'm gage gonna, i'm gonna play it and then ask you what the hell you liked about this game okay <laughs> that's fair <laughs> Uh, this this game has been has moved into my daily category, which is because it has a daily puzzle. I mm. wish the daily puzzle was a clue puzzle. Me too. I wish there were a hundred times as many yeah, clue puzzles. Times as many clue puzzles. Yep. We should just write some. Yeah. And submit them. Okay. I feel like that's within our wheelhouse. Yeah. Although not before we ship with clothing. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, I I've been playing a few like old games. There's there was a an expansion to, uh, the gosh, cut the rope magic. It's like one of their like sequels or whatever, uh, with a bunch of like really hard cut the rope puzzles, which is cool. Uh, they're fun. Um, like just a bunch of moving parts, and it's really unclear what order to do things and stuff. So it's like it actually requires some like thinking, which that's not their style of puzzle at all. Their puzzles are usually relatively straightforward or it's cool that the systems can support hard puzzles though. Yeah, I feel like they they probably came up with a bunch of hard puzzles in the development and then didn't use them and so maybe this is the like end of the product sort of let's get these out in the world. Yeah. Uh, and then I played a little bit of uh, Creeps, which is like a, a really old tower defense game. Um, just been enjoying going back through that and trying to like get perfect scores on all the different levels. 
Um, is Creeps the one where your towers are like toys? And, yeah. yeah. That's a pretty good game. Yeah. The theming is just sort of weird, but it's like it's monsters coming out of a closet and then uh, going underneath your bed. But it's got the sort of, as I recall, it's got a kind of a press your luck thing where you're destroying obstacles on the field that yeah they give you they give you additional resources and in order to get a perfect score on the level you have to have destroyed every obstacle on that level Um, oh you can target obstacles with towers and but then when the when the towers are attacking the obstacles they don't attack the correct the the mobs and so there's there's a lot of strategy about when you do that and where you place the towers so that they can get the most ground obstacles but still hit enemies that are moving that kind of thing yeah uh, it's it's a well constructed game, and there's a ton of levels to it. Uh, a lot of them locked behind like paywall or like in game currency wall. So, uh, but that's about it. What led you to play a lot of really old phone games? Uh, just being in Arizona and not having like I didn't really want. I was trying to like go to sleep, but it was a strange. It just is a strange place to be now. Right. Um, and it was very hot. Uh, and so I'd be sitting there in bed and not able to sleep. So I'd pull up my phone, just stuff that was already on there. Let's play some games that I played when I lived here. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I don't remember. You played <laughs> some Heroes of the Storm. I did play, yeah, weirdly for the last couple of days I've been playing some Heroes of the Storm. Some and, hots. Yeah, some hots. It's kinda it's you know, it's kinda fun. I've just been playing against not Bots. difficult. AI and nobody Hots calls me names bots. or tells me that I suck. <laughs> so that's well, so the the bots don't like prep you for what it's like to play against humans. Well, it would be my teammates that would be telling me that I sucked. You know? Right. Like I, th- I feel like my opponents would just be saying ke 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 or top kek. Okay. Yeah. Or snack so, so did a boop. <laughs> the 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 bots don't Dog, have like a doggo s- did a heckin jump. The, the bots don't have, like, a Shakespearean insult generator or something. Mm. I think a bunch of them say GG at the end of the game. I think there is some, there's some rudimentary AI that, that causes them to say things like that. There's, like, a tavern brawl in Heroes of the Storm now, which is just, like, a weird game mode. And it's all weird to me. I don't know. Right. You know, it's like, hey, you have to play a hero you never played before. I'm like, well, that's always true. <laughs> all of them are that. Um this is a MOBA, right? It is, but it is a MOBA where the games are maybe like 10 minutes long. Oh, wow. Which is great. Yeah, I, I could imagine that fostering much less of a hateful culture. Yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of which, I also played a bunch of uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. What is Th- that? This was the main thing that I forgot. I don't know why it's called that. I think it's just made by a person named Player Unknown. It, it feels very much like like a daisy or one of those things that's like a mod of something else you you enter a match and there are a hundred people and you're dropped onto this island that i think is supposed to be russian well you're not dropped onto it you spawn in like a weird staging area where you can run around and attack each other but like damage isn't hooked up and people say weird shit in voice chat and just run around uh, and then when the match starts, you're on an airplane and the airplane is flying over the island and you choose when to jump out of the airplane. Hmm. And then you you fall and fall and fall and fall and fall and a parachute opens and then you land wherever. And you don't have anything 
at all to start with. And so your goal is like go into buildings and like find guns and helmets and armor and backpacks so you can carry more grenades and stuff. And like maybe you get lucky and get a real good loadout. Maybe you don't. Maybe there's a car somewhere that you can get into so you have a better way of getting around. Maybe there's not. Um, periodically, the area that you're allowed to be in shrinks down to yeah. a circular subset of the map. Uh, See, I was I was just thinking, oh, this sounds a lot like Battle Royale, and now it sounds exactly like Battle Royale. Oh, the same deal with uh, Hunger Games. It's got environmental yeah. stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, it, so it's like DayZ, except a game of it is over in like f- 15 minutes, which to me is great uh, because it means that I'll actually play it because like you can just play it again and it's not going to take very long so you can just you know give it another shot and like I don't know I tend to get killed after killing one or two guys you know and I'm like well that's better than killing zero guys <laughs> um, it's the the feeling of possibility that it has is pretty interesting because it's like well if I just happen to go somewhere where there aren't a lot of other people uh, maybe I'll get some good guns you know, I'll be able to just kind of take my time. If I, you know, happen to be in the right spot, maybe I can just hide in the bathroom for a long time and finish in the top 20 because, uh, <laughs> because I was just hiding in a bathroom that was, that was inside the, what? inside the circle. I was going to say, how does it, how does the circle collapse if you're like on the edge? I don't know. Don't I, so it starts to, it starts to spawn this wall of energy that's circular that, that sweeps in and hits the circle. I've never not been in it though okay. like i've always just been afraid to not be in there because it's like no i don't know you know i'm curious to see what happens i think you just die uh, there's also like periodically spots on the map start getting like air like air strikes okay. on them so they're really trying to stop people from turtling up so the the thing that the thing that i wish was true i wish that there was stuff that you had to do that required cooperation between players. Oh, like, yeah. I, w- I wish that there was, like, any reason to not just kill someone the instant that you saw them. I think a lot of people play the game in teams, right, and they're just communicating, and I think that would be a tremendous amount of fun uh, to play with you know, a handful yeah. of people in the, in, a, in a group that, that you knew. Um, but there is no... Like, all of the good stories about DayZ were like, oh yeah, we met these people and then we formed a weird society. And like the problem with that is that it took 12 hours for that game to yeah. <laughs> to run. Um, and my experience of DayZ was like, I walked for 25 minutes without seeing anything. And then I went to a building and a, I was inside the building and a zombie that was outside the building clipped through the, clipped wall. Through the wall and killed me. Yeah. And I never saw another person or did anything interesting or even picked up a single item. And I was like, well, this is bad. This is a bad game. He concluded based on a single limited experience. Um, Sounds pretty bad. This, But it was a bad experience. You know, also, like, it's very similar to the very first time that I played EverQuest. I started playing... Also a bad game. At the darkest point of a night cycle (laughs) and I was like what is this I don't understand what is this game I didn't know that like in order to combat this you start with a candle that when you equip it it sheds some light but I've never seen the UI before so I yeah yeah anyway uh because it was nighttime in Daisy it was in Daisy when I played it was really really dark and that just kind of sucked um sometimes it's raining in this battlegrounds game but I've never seen it be nighttime um 
Did you play the version? No, I'm thinking of a different game. What? There's a game that, like, using your Steam ID, I think, generates your penis size. I think that's Rust. Yeah. Yeah. I could I could imagine like starting up the game and seeing your minuscule penis, thinking this is a terrible game. <laughs> yeah, that's pro- that's usually what I base. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm afraid to play Conan Exiles for that reason. Oh yeah, yeah. What if my guy has a minuscule penis? Oh, well, you, there's a slider for that. You get to choose. Oh, have you played Conan Exiles? I watched a little bit of the McElroys playing it. I see. It's like. <clears throat> You mean you watched Monster Factory? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So did they just make a? Did they just make a Conan that was all penis? Uh. Oh, as you as you increase the penis size, your body size shrinks. (laughs) Yeah, there's conservation of mass. Yeah, right. I think they 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 found a variety of clever and funny things to paste over top of the penis, so so that it would not get their uh, YouTube video taken down. Right. I also played just, uh, it came out late last night, but I've managed to play like four hours of the new Prey. Is it just called Prey? It's called Prey. Yeah. It's called New Prey. Prey 2017. <laughs> um, did you eat first? I did. And then and after, afterwards, how did you I loved it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, the, the new Prey is real, 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 real good. Um, I, had not had this happen in a really long time, but I like was like, oh, I'm gonna play an hour of this before I go to sleep, and ended up playing like three hours of it, staying up way past my bedtime to play. And then I got up early so I could play some more of it before I came to the office. What what sort of thing is it? I, I keep hearing people talking about it, but I don't know anything about it. It's a it's a system shock too, oh, basically. Okay. Um, it's a you know like it's 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 the dishonored people. It's the dishonored studio that made Mark it. Kane. Yeah. And uh, it's like near future, but you're on a space station and there's cyber implants that let you jump higher and stuff. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah. No, it's. And is there a rogue AI? Uh, no, not so far. There's, what about a mage AI? There's aliens. Yeah, there's. <laughs> yes. um, there's aliens like bad guy aliens. So so one thing that I like about this compared to like a dishonored is that the stuff that you're killing, at least so far, I've had. Like some potential plot twists spoiled for me by the achievements, oh, but uh, you're not killing people at at the point in the game that I'm at yet. You're just killing like monsters, and that's great. Did you did you play any Horizon Zero, Don? Uh, no, because isn't that just on the PS4? I don't know. So it I might be. That's so. like with the robots. Yeah, yeah. where you're, it's like Giant robot dinosaurs robot animals, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that seems good. I wish it would come out on PC. Um, I think that's another case like Bloodborne where Sony owns it. Yep. Uh, Anyway, Kevin, I think you in particular really going to like Prey, but I think really all all of us, all of us, this is our kind of game. I should, I want to play the Dishonored as well at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, It, there is a weapon that you get fairly early that... Well, there's actually you you get through a prologue sequence and about a half an hour in, it just pops up a thing that's like, okay, the whole world is open to you now. Um huh. and there Go are <laughs> definitely some linear there are definitely some linear things, but I ended up like f- completing a later objective in a quest line than than the current step of the quest that I was on, and it handled it pretty gracefully. Like it was like 
I learned that later on, after I do this thing, I'm going to have to like get out the airlock in this one section of the space station. But I had already been in the room where the airlock was and already solved the puzzle to open the airlock. And like, as soon as I picked something up, it like popped up a quest objective that was like, figure out how to open the airlock. And I did. And then only, only later did I realize that that was part of just a future part of a quest that I was on. You get a gun fairly early on that shoots like swords like balls that are maybe the size of a rock um <laughs> they those are pretty uniform i'm so having a really we all, hard time we all know what you're talking about i'm having a really hard <laughs> time coming up with so scale. balls balls that are about the size of the if you imagine a snowman that is the height of a human and uh-huh. proportioned the way that you think a snowman is proportioned. Yeah. The bottom ball. So a big of a the big snowman. Old ball. It's yeah. Yeah. Like a, but not, I mean, I think of a boulder as being bigger than a person. Like a medicine yeah. ball. Like a big, no, ball. no, like twice the jury, twice the, the radius of a, of a medicine ball. So like uh, a beach ball. Well, a real, a real medicine ball, not the, the garbage that we were throwing around. Well, I'm saying like a two foot diameter sphere thing, but of like, you know, uh, you know, uh, that stuff that great stuff. What? It comes in a can and it's like insulation cheese that, that, uh, is it it literally called great stuff? Yeah, that's a brand name. Uh, but I was saying it like drunk Jeff Goldblum to be funny. I see. Um, it's, it's like spray insulation. Like it's, it's like foam that hardens really fast. So it, it shoots those. So it's, it shoots a big sphere of that that sticks to whatever. And you can use it to immobilize aliens. You can use it to plug up electricity leaks. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it would insulate them. Yeah. And it, so like there are there are like environmental hazards that are like electricity shooting out of like a broken generator or whatever. Right. And you can use this foam to like make that safe long enough for you to go up and fix it. If you spec repairing machines, uh, you can use it to like if there's like a gas leak that's on fire, you can just put that out. Uh, you can stick it to a wall and then it becomes a thing that you can jump Platform. up and stand on. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, it just stays there forever. Like. Every one of those that I've ever fired is still in the world when I leave places and come back. How limited is that ammunition? The, you get a lot of it. Wow. Uh, there is there is a really pretty elaborate crafting system. It's got like it's got like definitely like Deus Ex or System Shock style inventory as opposed to like a like a Human Revolution like original Deus Ex. Like you're playing some inventory Tetris with different shaped things. Human Revolution also has... Oh, does it? Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, but I, I guess I'm thinking of like Bioshock. That gets right. rid of that. Like Bioshock definitely gets rid of that. But this, you, you have a big inventory of stuff. You can pick up all kinds of garbage out in the world, but then there are these recyclers that you put stuff in and it gives you a certain amount of credit in like organic matter, metal oh, matter. Nice. Uh, yeah. And then there is like a Minecraft style... I, I can't actually tell if this like is a three real. by three grid. No, it's a three. There's a three by four grid that fills in with these little blocks of in of the, of the materials from your inventory. And I don't know if you can experiment. I don't know if you can just put stuff in the grid uh, the, because the only way that I've used it so far is there's a screen with like recipes that you've learned and then it just puts them in the grid. I and I, so I don't know if it's like it used to be Minecraft style, but then they were like, this is too hard because there's like a three by four grid and five different kinds of matter that you right. can put in. There's like there's like a grenade that 
takes everything near it that can be broken down into into materials and breaks it down into materials, <laughs> uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, so there, like, there's just a lot of there's a lot of rewards for poking around. You learn how to fabricate new things. The, the reason that I brought that up is because you said how much ammo is there for this right. glue gun. You can make as much of it as you want. Like you can just make generally whatever consumables you want, and it seems like it really the game really wants to get out of your way. Like the narrative happens in, I found, I found a thing that was really surprising to me. Um, there was a computer that just had like a crew roster in it of like 30 names. And later on, I found something that was like, Oh, you should figure out where this person's body is. And that, so the tracking will know if you find a security computer that has the roster. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's what that was for. I'm just supposed to look this up. But then I realized that every single one of the names on there can be clicked on. And then it puts a waypoint on your map with wherever that person's corpse is. So like they, for all of the people that were in the computer, just as like flavor for what was going on here before, they've apparently thought of like what happened to them and where they are. And like probably tells you where a lot of like little loot containers are. It's man, it's fucking good. Huh? Uh, That sounds really satisfying. we, We were talking about this at dinner, Jim, the original prey was, pretty bog standard first person shooter the one that shipped yeah it had a cool intro i remember it just being like well this is a first person shooter where it starts out and i'm just like at a bar in the southwestern united states yeah just kind of hanging out and then the bar gets invaded by aliens and then it just turns into like a halo level basically yeah it 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 the gimmick was that and this was a much more interesting gimmick when the game started development in the 90s the gimmick was the portals and the the shifting gravity and like portals that aliens would come through or that you could travel through. That like you travel portal. through. They, they were thing. like like portal the game style, but you couldn't place them. They were just in the in the level. Okay, but I remember this was something that was part of the initial like the game that they showed at E three. I don't know if it ended up. I don't remember if it ended up in the shipping game, but there were also portals that would change your size relative to the world. Um. And oh, so, huh. And so, like, it's a neat gimmick, but, like, the result, and I actually finished Prey, the one that, like, shipped in 2006, and it just, bar- like, I barely remember it, except for, as you said, the intro. A lot of games, a lot of first-person shooters have a really interesting, like, first level where they actually do a bunch of storytelling and then just transition into just, here's just another shooter. Do you think that that was... I mean, so, like, we've discussed this, that, like, Doom really sort of shoots its wad on the, <laughs> on the, uh, on the, on the shareware levels, right? Oh, yeah. Like, they never get that good again I mean, after I- that. Do, do you think it's just, I mean, you know, in West of Loathing, I think the prologue is probably the best part of the game because we've spent the most time tuning it and we have the most I've control over your experience and today so did you did you break everything not break everything i just changed okay. a bunch of stuff. I, yeah. I i think you do like everybody wants to front load the best part of the game so everybody because that's the part everybody everybody's gonna see but you know but, but i mean people don't plan to do that right like the, i think they do i think like really? in triple a like almost everything is planned and i I, th- I think like they do do like especially if there's like a a bunch of storytelling set pieces, like at the beginning of Half-Life, I bet that was the most expensive level to make. Half-Life 
maintains its quality throughout though and i like that's what's remarkable about it to me yeah it, it, it does but it doesn't have the same density of storytelling as in that first level that's the first thing is true. often the last thing that is made in a triple a title yeah that's because that's when you've got all your tools and everything and that's what you not, i mean people say that you should do it that way is that true that's what I've. That's I, what I've in heard. a lot of cases, I think it is. You'll do your vertical slice like uh, in somewhere in the middle. It wasn't true of World of Warcraft, right? They said they spent like they spent like five years making Elwyn Forest and then a year making the entire rest of the game. <laughs> sure, that was, but they were having to create just a whole new technology system. There, yeah. Right? But yeah, I, I think like I, I, I have I over the years I've played a lot of first-person shooters where like. The first level is really interesting to me and in that it tries to do a bunch of like just non-combat storytelling. Um, and like, I, I, I ask myself, like, why don't they make a whole game like this? And the answer, well, the answer is like twofold. One is that you couldn't sell it because people would ask you where the gun gunplay is. Um, but the other is that I think do it would just be a lot more expensive to make. It uh, would be expensive. I mean, it would like be a, shorter. Yeah. Right. And you maybe you couldn't sell it for 60 bucks. Yeah. But like, do you think that you couldn't sell it? Because I think you could in 2017. I think you could of now, our like sell a, I don't know, something like a, something like a, the the first level of prey but stretched out so that it's an interesting like hour and a half story about an alien abduction i mean you do I think need you could sell that like in on steam for 20 bucks to indie right. uh, game purchasers for sure but i doubt if you could make that game you couldn't make a game that was just the parts of bioshock infinite that are the good parts of bioshock infinite without spending a hundred million dollars on it right i wonder so yeah well, I mean, maybe you could now. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a hundred. Like they spent a lot of time on the gameplay in that in that game. Um, I think if yeah, it's 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 hard for me to it's hard for me to gauge. Like I would, it, it certainly would be a very expensive game to make. I don't think you would make your money back on it. You know, The Walking Dead, like any Telltale game, basically. Which I don't think any Telltale game has done as well as The Walking Dead, like or as well as they want yeah, to. I don't think so either. I think Walking they did, but I think they make some games that are very critically well received, but I don't think they've made one that's actually sold really well yeah. since then. Well, Minecraft, the Minecraft game apparently sold like fucking crazy. Oh, that makes sense. Um, that's, but that's probably like everybody's everybody would like everybody's Christmas present to their grandchild. Yep. Um. Yeah, New Prey. Real, real good. Yeah. I'm excited to play more of it. I'm surprised you didn't uh, suggest that as the assignment. Um, I don't want Kevin to disappear into it. Like, I I can play oh, you've it with got some West of Loathing restraint. To yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't want to... That makes sense. Yeah. I don't want to force Kevin into a rabbit hole. What about you, Riff? Have you played any video games? Uh, I played enough of Minecraft to discover that I don't have time to play Minecraft for basically that same reason that you just said. Um, I, I was thinking about how I I had missed like three or four expansions, so I logged in to start a new world and see if I could find some of the new stuff and play with it. And I, you know, set up my base and 
herded some sheep over to my base so I could make beds and discovered a nearby village and reinforced it against zombies. And then I looked at my phone and six hours had passed and I hadn't done anything new. So that's a, sounds like Minecraft. Yep. It's a, it's a real good time sink. Um, the other, I, I messed around a bit with some software that is not, if not game software, but I was playing with it in sort of a game related way. I, oh, can, yeah. we, can we talk about like, I, I used Microsoft Word this week. <laughs> Are we allowed to do that? Wait, did you really? No. But I, like, for I example, did. like, yeah. oh, tell us about it, Kevin. Microsoft Word? Yeah. Well, I'm using it from, like, I think I'm using Office 2011. Okay. Are you using so it in a game related way? Um, no. See? See? Wait, wait. Okay, what were you doing with it then, if not... I was editing documents. For puzzle, for mystery hunt? No, for... game related? No. For something not work related? For the CGPS stuff. That's game related. It's the classic game, the G and it stands for game. All right. Sure, yes, I guess in a game. Kevin, I don't think you technically do anything that isn't game related. That's probably true. You live and breathe video games. That's true. You sleep and eat video games. <laughs> oh. Yeah, my teeth my teeth are ruined. You piss and shit video games. <laughs> we should have that's named our studio too. Piss and Shit Video Games. Oh, yeah, good. And then and then when we play Don't Shit Your Pants, we're like, what? <laughs> yeah, we, we made we made a we made a counter game to that. Just shit your pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only shit your pants. <laughs> All right, a game jam. Just you make a game that's the opposite of another game. And we pick the game. <laughs> right. And the game is always don't shit your pants. <laughs> what about a game where you pick up the phone booth and don't die? <laughs> anyway, uh, was this was this your uh, your your text generation stuff? Yeah, I've been I've been playing. I got some uh um uh, I can never remember what the R stands for. I think it's repetitive or recurrent, maybe. Anyway, our yeah. neural network software, which was a huge hassle to get installed and running, but I finally yeah. did. Would it. you mind? Would you mind actually describing that process? I the process for of one, getting it installed, of getting it installed, getting the packages installed and stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, I I found the 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 webs. The software I'm using is called Torch, and then there's a package for Torch called Torch dash rnn which is the specific one but the the torch site has basic installation instructions uh which did not work for me so i kind of hover i i google searched the exact error i was getting and found uh, a, a github post of somebody else that had also gotten that same error and i posted on it going does anyone have a fix for this? And then like a week later, someone posted a fix <laughs> and, and, uh, that was pretty much what got it to work. Although there is also a, uh, so the world has you to thank Riff the, for this bug. Yeah, fix. possibly. Um, there's also a, a blog post I found. If you, um, if you, if you Google for like torch RNN average Joe, I think is, is what it was like torch torch installation for the average Joe, I think is what the name of the blog post was. And that, that was also helpful. Um, but, and is this I, like, I don't a, actually know how command line or Unix or any of that shit works. So without like copy and paste this into terminal, I, I, I don't know how to do any of this. Is this, is torch like a 
Python library? I think it, yeah, it's, it's some kind of Python and or Lua based, uh, mathematics and science thing. I, I, I'm not real clear on it. <laughs> but, uh, the upshot is, is I've, it, um, I've just been using it as a text mangler for, for playing with, uh, Pokemon stuff with the intention of eventually if I get, if I can get a good corpus together and, and a satisfying generation, I'll do like a Twitter bot or something that invents new Pokemon. But, uh, I, I've, I've, I've always been kind of into like a Markov chain text manglers and yeah. for, for anybody that, that listening, that's not familiar the way a Markov chain, uh, program works is it reads the you give it like a big text file like as big as you can get your hands on of of the content that you want to play with and you feed it into this and it scans through the entire thing and makes your makes a table of every word in the document and what words what two words appeared before that word and then when you ask it to output new text it puts down two words and then says what words could possibly be the third word and then it picks one of those uh it like rolls a die based on the correct proportions of occurrences of the third word and then now then it picks like that word and the previous word are the new two word pair and it picks the third word off of that pair and then the next pair and the next pair and so on and the the difference between that and this the neural network stuff um Firstly, is that it, instead of going word by word, it goes character by character. So it it also takes into account like punctuation and uh, formatting because it'll it'll read your tabs, your line breaks, and so on. So if you give it a block of stuff in discrete paragraphs, it'll return new the new text to you in those same sort of formatted paragraphs. Um, and it also I have I have no idea how it does this. I I tried to read uh, a, an explanatory explanatory article about how this stuff works, but it was way over my head. But it it finds and keeps track of patterns in the te- in the source text. So like if you feed it a megabyte of random JavaScript code, what it will give back to you looks like valid JavaScript code. And if if the if the processor was able to keep track of what it had named all the variables, it would probably even compile because it has all the parentheses in the right space. And every now and then it'll put in a block of like comments and the commented section reads like a comment that somebody typed in instead of looking like code because the, the processor has picked up on what the text looks like in a comment block as opposed to elsewhere in the thing. It's just really kind of fascinating. I, I did I did one random test on it where um, I fed it like the list of all 800 Pokemon names, right? Just just in, in their numerical uh, Pokedex order. And it, it fed, me, fed me back a lot of stuff that looked more or less like Pokemon names. They're like pronounceable uh, and they, uh, of course, they don't have like the animal puns or portmanteaus that the real Pokemon names have because the the engine doesn't understand that. But uh, but it because it understands like it because it has seen the suffix 
EON multiple times, you get more back that have that. And, and as a consequence of that, these are all valid sounding Pokemon names that you could say. Um, but then after that, I fed it another text file that was that same list of Pokemon names, but twice, like just the same list one after the other. And the text that it fed back to me from that was just the same original list of Pokemon names again, because that single <laughs> repetition of the list was enough to establish like a solid pattern that it could recognize and say, oh, this is how things are. And it just gave me that back again. So this is something that like the Markov chain is limited to finding patterns of a very specific size. Right. And a very specific and, way. And this seems to be, yeah, yeah, this seems to be a much more generalized. That's really interesting. So you were, you're, um, the way you're interacting with this is you're just giving it blocks of text and getting blocks of text out. Yeah, pretty much. You, you so, direct it to a text file and instruct it to train on this text file and then you ask for it for text back which you can either just have it give it to you in the terminal or you can pipe it to a new text file do, do you have any sort of configuration options on it there like are but i don't really understand what they mean <laughs> i also don't understand what it means by training something because if you're not giving it feedback as to whether what it generates is good or bad how is it actually learning i i could not tell you how it works i couldn't begin to say it, it, yeah, when i see people online with these things it's like this is after training it for one minute this is after training yeah, it for yeah, six hours yeah. and it's like and it's de ah. there's definitely a difference but i i couldn't i couldn't explain to you how it works I, it's just it's the the way it recognizes and uses the patterns in the original text is just fascinating to me because you can like you can give it if if i give it a text file that's like on the first line is a Pokemon name, and on the second line is a Pokemon move, and on the third line is a Pokemon ability, and then just alternating through the text like that, so like fourth line is a name and so on, and then feed it that, it'll give me back a thing that where the first line looks like a name and the second line looks like a move. And whereas... Y yeah, I saw, yeah. I saw your sc screenshots of that on Twitter that you posted, and I had assumed that... Um, you had um, assembled, put, assembled yeah, it exactly nope. from like. Nope, you, it gave me that solid. That, that, that was that's really that impressive. Was directly from the output, and yeah, because like a Markov generator would have no idea that that it that the fact that this was the second line of the output was in any way important. It just knows that this is this is the this is the block of letters or single letter that comes after those previous two letters. It has no idea I'm, what the context is, but this thing like knows the context. It's amazing. I'm really surprised that there isn't just like the 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 trouble you went through to get this thing up and running for using it in such a simple way. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would expect, I would expect like the the story you told would proceed like this is a a Python API that you then write a program to use, um, but. This could just be a native app that you open up and it has a single dial, like a single bo text yeah, box for it, input oh, that you totally could. paste something into. I, like, do, when and, you, and the fact that you like you, you get such interesting results out of that indicates that like probably there are thousands of people who would find value in such yeah. a simple version of that program. Uh, well, I, I, I get the feeling that I'm using like very powerful and complex software. I mean, 
not just the feeling, it is obvious that what I am doing is using very powerful and complex scientific software to do something really silly and trivial. Yeah. So I, I, I am not the normal trained use case. It, if, you, if, you, if you set it to train for an hour or whatever and then generate output, is there any way to like save the results of that training Tra- so yeah. that you can then just spin it up again and yeah. mm-hmm. have it act like it had done that? Okay. Yeah. You, you, Does it take you, an hour? It depends on what you're training it on. It depends on the length of the file you give it. Um, like, what's an example? Um, I would say it takes... Well, the, the Pokemon file has, like, very little data into it, and so it's, it's, it's unusually small for, the, for, the, for this sort of thing, but it's, like, probably less than, less than 100K around there. And, mm-hmm. and I would say that it takes um, five to ten minutes to process that, depending on the settings I'm using. Um, that's okay. That's actually really interesting to me too, because that would be basically instant in a Markov chain. Yeah, and that's and that's like letting it train maximally, like to the point where it just can't do any better. Is that or like what? That what is the like is different that um. The two settings I've been playing for playing with are batch size, which I don't really know what that, what that is, <laughs> and sequence yeah. length, which has to do with how many characters back in the in the text it will it will search when when adding a new character. I think. Isn't batch size the slider on Conan Exiles yeah. <laughs> that determines the distance between your belly button and your dick? <laughs> but um. The so smaller smaller sequence lengths make it take longer. It seems like, but it but you don't get as you don't get as good complex results. But there there's sort of a trade off because the the number of like training steps you can get out of it is based on your sequence length compared to the total text length that you're giving it. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're interested, I can, I can point you to the, the blog posts and articles that I attempted to read about it. And <laughs> it seems like a good show notes. Yeah. yeah it seems like a good yeah. thing for the show notes for you to tell me about. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much what I've been messing with. What about you, Jim? He asked before leaving the room to pee. So I played a a, a few games that I really liked for um, uh, a maze. Uh, were any of them actual mazes? Uh, there were mazes involved in some. Okay. Like, for example, Future Unfolding is basically a roguelike. Um, the mazes are, are forested outdoor mazes. Okay. Um, I... Uh, I played a game called, uh, my favorite game of the show was Fru, F-R-U. There might be a diuresis over the U. Okay. Um, which is a platformer, um, w- that use uses connect. connect input. Yep. I think I saw this in the experimental gameplay workshop like three years ago. Oh, wow. It's been in development that long. I think so. Cause this is the one where like you become a window to a different platform or something. Yeah. So, um, the, yeah. the initial, uh, the way the game starts is that 
where uh, you are, your render, your, pro, your silhouette is rendered onto the screen, and where your silhouette is rendered, it um, there are certain areas of the screen that are flagged for um, negation. So, like if you put your hand over them, they will flip to either be flip from solid to not solid, and vice versa. Um, and later on in the game, there are other other ways that you interact with the world. For example, the place in the world that you play, you, you put your hand becomes water. Hmm. So your character okay. starts swimming through this stuff. Um, that was not in the demo that I saw. So that that probably is the kind of thing that they've been yeah working on. Yeah, and like the 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 screens are set up, the puzzles are set up such that um, you like it 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 forces you to like contort your body into these weird positions in order to advance uh in the level um and and do like strange motions you like you need to duck so your head isn't covering a certain part of the screen and then scoot over from the right to the left or vice versa yeah that's great yeah it's a lot of fun um and they set it up on the controller such that um you can move with either the left or the right stick and jump with either the left or the right trigger so you can hold it in one hand and like and be have the other hand free Right. To um and this is like this was this game was really um kind of uh eye opening for me because it was proof that A you can make a two D platformer feel fresh again and B you can make the connect feel like a worthwhile peripheral again. <laughs> like like that it's possible to make a game that like really feels like it's making really good use of this device right. to as a in a in an extended way that doesn't just feel like a gimmick that is that is run it runs its course in half an hour. The uh, the other sort of thing that I remember from like Indicate maybe two years ago that was sort of a f- like a relatively fresh take on a platformer was the two players looking at the same screen but one had like red filtered glasses and the other had blue filtered glasses mm-hmm. and you were trying to help each other do things but you couldn't you didn't have the same information about the world. Yeah. And that was kind of neat. That's cool. Yeah. But this this feels it's like a little bit it's similar like the you changing the world based on your position seems like it's like a one player variant to that where you get to like manipulate the world but you have to like be in a very particular I had read that Fru had a uh, multiplayer. Oh, interesting. And I had like when I started playing it I'd assumed that like oh this is just like one person is the 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 person in front of the connect and one person holds the controller. Um, which I think would be a, would be perfectly robust co-op. Right. Um, but apparently the, the, the co-op actually just wasn't on display at the, uh. And is it just much harder puzzles that require two bodies to do? I, I guess so. That's like, neat. I think that would be a really interesting way for them to iterate, like a direction for them to iterate in. So this thing is apparently going to be released on the Xbox One. Okay. Um, so yeah, but, so I'll probably never play it, sure. but, um, I really liked the, you know, the, 45 minutes I spent with it on the show floor. Did it win any awards at Maze? Yeah, thanks to me. You 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 uh championed it. I championed that game. Yeah, it won um what was it? It was it was a the award that we put everything in because that, that we couldn't figure out where to put it for any any other category. It was the Collider Award. Okay. With the premise being that this is a a, a game that mashes up disciplines. And so, like, I I guess this is a game that mashes up, like, platforming and, like, dance or something. I don't know. We couldn't – we didn't really know what to do with that category. 
the judging in that, the judging was really weird in that, like, they, we received the judges a list of games that were nominated, but we weren't told what category they were nominated for. Okay. Huh. So we had, it was, it was kind of like a, a Sudoku puzzle where we had to come up with five nominees for each category and there were exactly enough games to fill all the categories. And then we had to, like, so it was, it was a very strange, like, negotiation process to, like, find the right number. Like, some t we had one category that had, like, eight games in it, so we had needed to remove them and put them in another category. Right. We had to figure out what category they should go in. And and then we have to figure out what game wins each cat. And anyway, it was, it was very, uh, I, I would not have designed the contest that way. Oh, and then, like, we as judges come up with, the categories for next year's judges. So we get weird. <laughs> Best game with a frog in it. Yeah, that's uh I'll push for that one. Yeah. Best cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> uh and I the other the other game that I really liked, um the other nominee was Orwell. Have you guys heard of this? I, I think I've seen it mentioned. I don't know anything about it. Uh it's an adventure game structured as like uh you you are in this game you are given the job of running um of doing like data mining uh for a surveillance state hmm. okay and so you are um they've they've set up a um a two-tiered structure for this uh enforcement program where like you provide facts to an interpreter and the interpreter uh, takes this data and then acts on it. Um, and so they've, they've divided the, uh, uh, accountability for this, um, for this program into, into, uh, two separate, like completely separate entities that, that where the only thing, the only way you can communicate is by sending facts to this person. Just the facts. Yeah. And so like what the game gives you is like, here's like, uh, here's a, a newspaper clip clipping and you can like, uh, it, it pre-select, here's a bunch of facts on it and you can drag any of these facts into the database and, um, you get feedback on like what kind of your, what your objectives are. Um, and the first like chapter of this game is basically stalking this artist while you're going on her Facebook page and like uploading data that's relevant to like a I can't remember if the bomb goes off at the end of the chapter or the beginning of the chapter. Anyway, she's a suspected terrorist. Okay. And so like the, you advance the story by like uploading further snippets of information about this person. And then you get access to more documents as the game goes on. Um, and later on you actually get access to like her personal computer. And so it gets even creepier than that. Um, and, the interesting part of the gameplay comes from what uh, facts you choose to upload uh, where like it, it, it's all like uploaded completely free of context. So any sort of hyperbole or sarcasm, mm -hmm. uh, you can choose whether or not that this gets like inter interpreted literally. Right. Um, and it's, I, I, I thought it was like a really interesting like way to, to, to structure an adventure game. The, the, where it bogs down is like in the later chapters, you have all the previous documents still available to you. And so like, uh. um, 
to make uh, any progress, sometimes you have to like go through a bunch of old stuff with, that you're not sure has relevant information again or, or new relevant information in it. And so it's got the the big like the open world problem where the game is like afraid to shut you out of irrelevant content. All's well that or well. It's uh, this, it does it does or well. Okay. Um, and I'm continuing to play Watch Dogs too, but I don't remember oh, what huh. I said about it last week. It's just fun being in San Francisco, checking out the landmarks. Was I think sort of what you taking were selfies, yeah, and getting called an asshole. Yeah, some of the people actually pose for the selfies. That's cool. Yeah, like, like it's, it's kind of a like... it's kind of a fifty fifty split between people who are, who scoff at you or yell at you and and like who who pose. Just get into it, just like real life. Yeah, like there was I I I. So the game has this concept of like uh, restricted areas where you're not supposed to be, mm-hmm. and if you enter those areas, people will like see you and shoot at you. Uh, but anywhere else is just a free for all. You're just you're just there like any other pedestrian. Including people's backyards. Yeah. So like I I like hopped the fence into somebody's backyard where people were like lounging, you know, by their pool and like three or four people like all like uh having a conversation and I pulled out the selfie cam in front of them <laughs> and like two of them posed for the camera. Like, here's this creep taking a selfie in our backyard. I'll 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 <laughs> it was I would do that if somebody if some stranger jumped into my yard while yeah. I was hanging out out in my yard in during the day and they didn't look dangerous, <laughs> uh-huh. and then they just pulled out a camera to take a selfie, I would I would mug for it. Okay, yeah, right. Like I feel like that's not unheard of. It's a little weird that they don't yell at you immediately when you top the fence or whatever. But yeah, yeah, they I didn't also notice. Probably wouldn't immediately yell at somebody. I would be like, "Whoa, what's going on? That the, like, well, are you okay? What's what's <laughs> what what led to this? Like, you don't appear to be like." Moving real fast, carrying a purse. Yeah. You know, yep. that you just stole from somebody. Or, I mean, I'm not judging. You can carry a purse if you want. It's an e-purse. So I'm assuming it's a man. It's an e-purse. Yeah, like an e-purse upgrade. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> like when you put money on your clipper card. Yep. It's going to make a lot of sense to those of you in the Bay any, Area. Any other yeah, yeah. city. When we ordered lattes at the Starbucks in um, Alexander Plotz. Um, Would you say that's your favorite Plotz? It's my favorite Plotz. Uh, the, uh, the server, um, wrote April's name as Ebro. Hmm. Huh. Like E-B-R-O? Yeah. Yeah. Like elect- That'd be like if, if, electronic Will, bro. if Will Shorts was trying to compose a crossword clue about, like, somebody who joins an online-only frat. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I forgot another game that I played at Zapcon. Uh, there was a there was a person who was exhibiting a bunch of really old consoles. Oh yeah, I guess um, I didn't play another game. That's true. And I played a game for the Fairchild Channel F hmm. called Video Whizball, um, which this felt like a just just exactly post Pong thing. But it I pulled out the there were only two games, and I picked the one with the dumbest name, which was Video Whizball. And I saw that there were instructions for how to start the game written on the, like, the ass end of the label of the cartridge. So I popped it in to find out that when you pop it in there, it obscures the instructions. So <laughs> I figured out how to, how to eject it. Well, actually, what I did was, like, I'll figure out how to play this on my own. But no, 
uh, couldn't figure out how to get the game started, popped it out, read it, realized that, so the controls for the Fairchild Channel F, this is like a very, like, Atari-looking thing in terms of its output. Um, the controls are like an analog joystick on the top of a stick that you're holding, right? So, like, instead of, imagine that if you took the base of an Atari joystick and squeezed it into, like, a tall thing... <laughs> Instead of a flat thing. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, the joystick can move in four directions, can twist left and twist right, can be pushed down and can be pulled up. So it has eight operations just on that joystick. And the way you start a game is to pull it up. This is for playing Descent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wouldn't run very well on this, though. Yeah. Video Whizball is a game that's like pong plus combat kind of you are a square next to a goal on the left side of the screen and your opponent is the same but on the right side of the screen and you can rotate 45 degrees at a time to shoot in different directions and your shots bounce off of walls but you're not trying to shoot through your opponent's goal you're trying to shoot this big square in the middle of the field to impart momentum onto it to get it through the goal so you're sort of like playing air hockey by shooting a BB gun at the puck instead of... Oh, like... Um, this sounds like that dumb indie ga- indie jam game. Yeah. What was that? There was an old there was an old board game like that. Um, oh, Crossfire? Crossfire, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and if you, if you get hit by one of the opponent's shots, I think it knocks you out for a little while and you have to respawn, but um, it would seem pretty fun, but I was playing it by myself so that I, i'm much more interested in the the controller than this yeah game. yeah i know it was a neat controller what um was, what was the other game well you didn't play it what was it called i don't remember so boring yeah it might have been like a baseball game or something that mm-hmm. i just figured wouldn't be very good like atari baseball was not very good yeah. i don't think that baseball games got good until nes baseball i uh, i also i played another one of those retro uh, home arcade systems. Uh, I played the Vectrex, mm-hmm. which I think is the only consumer mm-hmm. vector-based. Yeah, those are really uh, cool console. Uh, and I played a game called Spike on it, which is uh, was that the platformer? It's was a platformer. The... Yeah, yeah. You, you the platforms are moving side to side, and you can jump and climb these ladders. You have the controller for the Vectrex is a. Uh, it's a horizontal row of four buttons, and then to the side of that is a little joystick. It's an analog stick. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It. Uh, well, that doesn't factor into Spike, though. Right. The buttons were for jump, uh, kick left and right, and you you had you you only you don't have like arms or anything, so you it's sort of like you're punching with your foot, and it like it sort of the the gymnastics of how this works with the little uh with the little yeah, figure just is look kind up of videos of spike because yeah, it's really it's really dumb ch- charming and it's, it's dumbness yeah um and it's, then it's it's like two and a half d so it's like a platformer yeah. that like is on like a weird like angle dutch angle that's yeah it's like it's like there's a bit of like one point perspective or something going on yeah with it. it's very, but it's but it's uh, clearly not like projected in software it's clearly like like these are points that like someone drew on graph paper and then like entered in into the software as like just draw the line from here to here right uh, i've done any programming for like vector output or something like that uh not real vector output yeah. i i 
implemented the Bresenham line drawing algorithm and drew stuff with it in C I know back what in like, 1992. Is, what is Brez? Uh-huh. So if that counts. Oh, and I did a bunch of work in QBasic with the did line drawing. The line command, yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess that counts. I'd, you do a thing where it's like, I, I've made some points to figure out where the points on a cube are when it's rotating. And, uh-huh. and yeah, exactly. Make, it, make a 3D cube. Yeah, yeah. If you're really clever, you can uh, do some backface culling mm-hmm. on your 3D cube. I'm not. Yeah, fair, me either. It's the kind of thing you could do now on Twitter. <laughs> I want you to get into Twitter. Yeah. I think you'd make some really cool stuff. Yeah. I, I Can can you make jam games? Well, can you people, call some frustrums? People have made some games. <laughs> I don't know if they've called any frustrums or not. Uh, it's real hard to... I was trying to do a cellular automata... But tell, like, tell the tell the listeners what. So Twitter, Twitter, Twitter I think I've talked about this before, but Twitter uh, at Twitter.net, it is, I think it stands for demo Twitter. <laughs> it is it is like a JavaScript demo scene where you're trying to you get a canvas and a few shortcut functions and you're trying to just make a cool thing in 140 characters of JavaScript, and people have done some just fucking incredible stuff. And then people have done some, like, cheaty stuff where it's like, this just, like, loads YouTube into the canvas or whatever. (laughs) But uh, there's a lot of, like, really complicated math that I don't understand. Uh, But I've, you know, I've learned some I've learned some things, made some pretty colored patterns and stuff. I I was trying to do a cellular automata, but by the time you initialize an array and then display that array on the canvas unless you're way better at that than I am, you end up with like a dozen characters to do all the logic for the automata. And it's, it doesn't have sound output, right? It, there are a bunch of things that do sound output. I don't know how, I don't know if they're loading tones from URLs or what. Yeah. Some of my favorite short programs are like, there's a, um, a YouTube video that is just like here's a bunch of C one liners that you that you d- redirect to dev sound, um, and it just like it's eight kilohertz eight bit audio and and like it's just doing like uh like using variable T for time is just doing a bunch of shift operations to get patterns that happen in the audio spectrum that sound like music. Yep. And pretty was, good. You you posted some of these fairly recently. Yeah, I re- well, I retweeted a tweet I made in like 2015. I th- mm. I think that was what it was. Maybe I maybe I posted it again. But yeah, it was a uh, um, super interesting stuff to listen to, and that that's like a and and the whole like scene of doing demos in like really small uh, sizes is super interesting to me. Uh, the 256 byte stuff. You sent me one recently that was. Um, yeah, crazy visuals and audio. That was like, a, the, and I didn't realize because I watched the video at first without audio. I didn't realize at first that like the the fact that you this guy is making a song, effectively like a techno song in two hundred thirty six bytes is is the more interesting part. And like the if you look at the the breakdown of the source code, there's like a really heavily like commented document where he he talks about the bite uh, by bite. Yeah, in le- at 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 length about what each byte is doing, and the bulk of it is the music. 
I thought that was uh, really uh, that should go in the show notes too, probably. Yeah, I think I sent it to you on the Slack, so I should be able to find it. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many show notes. You ready to talk about the assignment? Yeah, I was just about to say assignments. Fitzpackerton and packing up the last of your stuff on the last day of your apartment in the spring. Yeah. (laughs) I think if you put both of these games together, you would have a good game. Ah, you didn't like them? I I thought that like... They both were lacking something. (laughs) Yeah, and they were each lacking what the other one had. Well, I I was only able to play the apartment one. What's Fitzpackerton like? It's about putting stuff into stuff, and it sort of... It's like a five-minute game. ...tells the story of a heist. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a like... A heist that goes, that goes awry. It, it's oh. like 30 Flights of Loving, except if it was made in a weekend with no time to polish it. I've seen yeah. that. I must, have watched a, I must have watched a Let's Play of that or something a long time ago, because... It starts out with you packing some 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 shotgun shells and some Wario masks into a yeah, backpack, yeah, that was, that and then was some a good backpacks and shotguns and stuff into a truck. Unclear to me whether those were taking up any actual space inside the backpack, right? Like once you drop them in there, was it just like a really yeah, deep hole? Didn't, didn't yeah, didn't seem like it. Yeah, and I think I because I played them in the other order, like packing up all your stuff in the apartment where everything has a very distinct size. Yeah, it felt. It felt weird and to it, just and it sort of be able to give you like barely enough space for all that stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I got I got the packing up game into an unwinnable state by sealing. I think uh, I locked the tape into a box, you and so then I just couldn't finish it. Do How, that, I, but if you seal, I think if you seal a box, yeah, if you, you tape click a box, on it, it just disappears. Early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you just you just throw everything away, and then. I think you can technically won. Oh yeah, you can, can you put more stuff into the? I wasn't trash. aware you could throw stuff away. <laughs> The, yeah. the trash bag isn't interactable until, for me, it wasn't interactable yeah. until I had already packed everything up. Oh, so like if you, you have to seal all the boxes for the. I think so. So maybe you can throw the. Uh, maybe you can throw stuff away if yeah. there's stuff left over. <laughs> yeah, Just seal maybe. three empty boxes and then th- trash all your possessions. <laughs> well, some well, it's stuff technically called donating. Some so. stuff just disappeared. Like what, the first yeah, time, like the uh, first time, like the fan, yeah. I was like, "What? What happened?" I thought I had broken something. Oh yeah, yeah. That was no, you move it out. Well, yeah. right, but you like it's not it's not obvious to you that that's what's happened. It was obvious to me. I thought I had like pushed it out the window, and I was like, uh, "Can I push <laughs> more stuff out the window?" Because that's <laughs> yeah, that's an easy way to. <laughs> yeah, the fact that you could open the window made me think I could just throw things out <laughs> right? there. So I mean, I think that Fitzpackerton like tells a, a specific story, yeah. right? Yeah. And the other one just yeah, it just is sort of is like the environmental storytelling of like, oh, who is yeah, this person? Is this person? I kind of just sort assumed of that mood. Yeah. I kind of assumed that it was just the person who made the game that these were just literal things from their apartment. Mm-hmm. It looked, I mean, it sounded like they they literally were moving from Chicago to San Francisco or something or to L.A. or something, right? Like in the credits, that's the impression that I got. They had some American Elf books, which I like. I got, sure. I got, I got those. They wouldn't be the last thing. I, w- I wouldn't. I don't know why you would leave like s- two books. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I, maybe he was reading them. Oh yeah, that's true. Maybe they're the current. They're your current books. Okay. Yeah. Could be. I uh, the like poster on the wall. That's the most frustrating fucking thing because it's something that you care about, yeah. but you're gonna forget because it just becomes <laughs> part of the scenery. Or or that's it'll true, get yeah. mangled in in shipment because how do you pack a 
roll that post. Yeah, the, there is nothing sadder to me than the the principle whereby you wait to pack something until last because you're afraid you're going to fuck it up, and then packing it last makes it so you fuck it up. Mm. Like rattling around in a weird yep. shiped box. Uh, There's a similar principle where you pack the things that you need most first, and so they're at the bottom of the suitcase, so you have to root around for yeah. them instead of them being just available at the top. Hmm. Do, do you? I, mean, I think I, I, so, I, I do sometimes because your your brain is like, yeah. oh, I need this, I need this, I need this, yeah, and then so you like, like if you unless you are, yeah. if you're not arraying them you on your bed, yeah, you don't stage. Yeah, right? so like I think you need to stage. Yeah, I don't stage. Uh, I, probably, you gotta, I probably should. Got a stage, bro. <laughs> I don't want to like. Uh, I, I usually pack things as I remember them over the course of like the few days before the trip, and so like I would need a dedicated staging area, like just a staging room in the house. You need some what of those I do luggage is I... cubes recommended by Idle Thumbs. Oh yeah, show. <laughs> that that does sound. Those do did sound nice. The night before, I have to go somewhere. I smoke a bunch of pot and then do all of my staging and all of my packing all at once, so that and then you actually if I load stuff into the get car. something, so that if I forget something, I can be like, oh, it was because I was stoned. It's not because I'm stupid. <laughs> well, at this like. If you've been doing this for a while, I bet you'd be completely unable to pack things not stone. Yeah, I'm actually kidding about okay, that. I, okay. like, I, I think I did that once, but yeah, no, I'll load the car up the night before. Like, I, that freaks me out because, if, especially if it's not in a garage, like, no, well, I wouldn't that, do it if it wasn't in the garage. But it, you did it this most recent time. You loaded the car in the evening, and it was not in a garage. Oh, in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, but that's nothing's going to happen to the car in that neighborhood. It's just it's it's just inviting uh, opportunity to come and ruin your day. <laughs> I on days when I have somewhere to go, like on a day when all I have to do is like travel. drive somewhere. You want to do? I want to do it like the second I wake up because every every minute that I'm not on, like just fucking getting going, is just agony to me until mm. I do it. So you don't consider like packing to be valid time spent in that regard no because i can like that could have done i, I could have done that earlier it would have been better off doing it earlier anyway uh i like moving and so i liked the packing mm. game Oof. i like packing, packing things, other people's stuff i do not like moving <laughs> mm. i mean i guess really I, what i like about moving is packing things i hate packing other people's stuff especially the shit at the very end which is all weird shapes and sizes <laughs> yeah so yeah but oh, that said yeah. i like this as a puzzle game yeah, and, don't and pack other people's they, stuff and they did that to you a little bit in this game or at least did to me because of not noticing the stuff in the closet in the which closet was, which was yeah. of a fair size <laughs> and i was all like oh yeah. this is easy there's plenty of room in these boxes oh hello toilet plunger and two large wine bottles yeah, yeah, I I got stuck at the end with the, I think the three biggest things like there was a the pillow, the, the, yeah. the pillow, and it there was another thing that was like the articulated lamp maybe. Yeah, the awkward. lamp was a pain. Yeah, I like finding stuff to like absolutely maximally pack the shoebox. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a fun little puzzle. Fit all those coffee mugs in there. I, well, so my the trick that I picked up was that you take the largest possible thing that will fit in those smaller boxes so like put yeah. the books in the in the coffee in the little shoe box that was actually what i ended up doing box. i used like the the 
toilet plunger head and the plates went into the shoebox and yeah. and all the coffee mugs. Oh, because you can tape it up even if stuff's sticking out of the top of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so I wonder all, all if it's possible to pack stuff without in the little doing spaces that. in the large box. There was when I finished. I had I don't know three or four like one unit sized holes left in the big box. So may, maybe I could have done it without stuff poking out of the top but i don't know i wish it sort of plan. demonstrated that if if you did that because i had like the toilet plunger stick like just sticking straight up out the top of the box i would have had to have cut a <laughs> hole in that lid to make it close so that it could breathe yeah <laughs> i forget if fitzpackerton costs any money or not uh, they it was like a dollar recommended a dollar yeah both of them were i think that that's great yeah i I think these are both games that are worth a buck to play. They're they're very, like they're fundamentally similar similar about what their activity is, but they're very different games and sort of how that what that means. Yeah, they they do the same thing in two very distinct ways that only a game could do. Yeah, that thing, and that's really interesting. Uh, your idea of doing both of these was a good idea. Thanks, because I don't think either of them on their own would have been. Yeah. Would have been sufficient, but there's there was another packing game where you were throwing stuff into the back of a truck. Maybe is that a, is that? Are you thinking of the beginning of Firewatch where you throw a backpack no. into the back of a truck? There is throwing some truck. stuff. Oh, and a moving. Oh, <laughs> a truck that you move in. Do you mean yes? Or not not, not, not a, a very moving truck. Moving. Yes, it, it, there's a scene there's like that, that in Fitzpackerton, isn't there? Well, sure. There's that video game of uh, The Good Son where you're Macaulay Culkin trying to throw mannequins into the backs of moving trucks on the freeway. <laughs> right. I, uh... <laughs> I, uh... I was a little disappointed in Fitzpackerton that, like, when you finish packing the backpack that it just sort of... The lights close on that part of the scene and it opens up another scene, but you don't get to pick up the backpack and take it to the next oh, scene. yeah. That'd be good. So... That probably would win another another day in the jam. Those transitions right. were all really cool. They yeah. were, actually. Yeah. They're very stylish. Yeah, and I like that the game by default runs at like 640 by 480. I couldn't actually get it to change. It You get that options menu after you finish it. Yeah, but, yeah. but I, tr- I changed the options mm. and it just refused to pay any attention to my choices. If you hit escape, the options menu comes up. <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. I did that. Uh, it, there's a, the end sequence where you're like, like you're you're down in the hole and there's dirt coming down on top of you. Mm-hmm. If you hit escape and then close the options menu, the the camera is back above the hole and so you're Ooh. seeing the particle spawn and then fall into the hole and yeah. disappear. That's cool. It's pretty funny. Yeah, that was the big twist. Yeah, that the there's no one actually shoveling the dirt. It's just appearing. <laughs> It's a haunted... Well, you've been a ghost the whole time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and by putting a cut-up dude in a hole, you become the cut-up dude. Right. That's the lesson that we learned. That's... See, this is what I was talking... This is like... This is the story that PYS, whatever it is, needed to be a good game. Okay. And the and the trying to and it being a puzzle to fit stuff in there is what Fitzpackerton needed. Yeah. Uh, I actually think that like Fitzpackerton would have been fine if it was like there was a little bit more snap to grid on that. Like I I spent a lot of time just like 
walking around back and forth trying to get the thing into the into mouth. The right thing. Yeah. I I dropped, like, some, I dropped one of the things under the bed and had to restart and I dropped a uh, I dropped a shotgun shell on the floor and picked it up. Like I didn't actually like go over to pick it up. I just sort of picked it up at a distance and you pick it up at the distance that it is yeah. and yeah. are manipulating it at that distance so it's like this tiny little pixel that I'm trying to like <laughs> figure out when is this actually above the the backpack. So What's our next assignment, Kevin? We're going to play What Remains of Edith Finch. You've already played it. I I have played an old, like a, an early version of it, so I'm wondering how much has changed, because it seems like maybe it is a shorter game than when I played it. Yeah, you were in a real uh, who's who in the acknowledgments there. <laughs> Apparently. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing this, and this will make me do it soon. This yes. is a game that I heard Ian Bogos liked, but didn't think should exist. <laughs> Man, we didn't ever talk about that. Argument. Yeah, man, do, like that was there were the two there were the two sort of controversies that same week. It was the a, a journalist being excited about uh, a thing that game developers consider like simple and basic, and and therefore the developers were like, "Why is this news?" And then Ian Bogust uh, talking about. Uh, how well, Ian Bogus was writing an opinion piece that said video games are better without stories, and everybody was like, "How dare you have that opinion, Ian Bogus?" And everybody took it really fucking personally. Well, I don't understand it. It wasn't at all. like an op-ed; it was like an article in Atlantic or whatever. Right? How like, is that? Not yeah, an, smart people might read that, that and be convinced. Op-ed. Like, w- this isn't someone's opinion; it's in the New Yorker. Like, fucking, of course, it's someone's opinion. It's it, like it. It feels like it carries a, a bit of authority, and it's also the only article that that like a layman is going to read about uh, video games uh, in a year. If if that's like, do you know what I mean? Like it's r- r- classic layman publication, The Atlantic. Well, like somebody who doesn't play games and like are using like the these sort of highbrow places to like stay informed about games is like, oh well, I guess games are still garbage because you know. This uh, professor says that they shouldn't have narrative, and I think that's that's kind of why people are annoyed, right? Like, like three years ago, he wrote an article about how games shouldn't have worlds, right? Well, so, so that too. There was somebody who was who took a jab at him and was like, "Well, it, like, of course, the guy whose most successful game was Cow Clicker doesn't think that <laughs> there should be narrative in games." I, I mean, it seemed like. A thing that you would read and either agree with or disagree with, but not a thing that in any possible world, no matter what you felt about anything, would you like get indignant about? And I, the, the number of people that I know personally who were like so, I don't know, just like acting like they'd been personally stabbed by Ian Bogost. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. I thought the reaction was crazy. But you also don't think that there should be narrative games. I, that's not really true. I mean, <laughs> I, like, I, like I think he it, he makes some points about like these are not necessarily the kinds of things that games are good at. But that doesn't mean, and he says as much in the article. That doesn't mean that games that do these things are bad. Like, I. I don't know. So I think some people are a little bit protest too much on his accusation of cinema envy. Right. Like, 
I guess if the argument is that like it's reductive to say that you know cliche writing in games because games are trying to be movies or or whatever that like so I didn't actually read the article. Neither did fucking most of the people who were and commenting that's, on that's it. That's my is guess. The is thing that, that they g- saw the headline, like, which is like, I think the headline is pretty deliberately antagonistic. Maybe so. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I don't even, I, as far as I know, like he did, like people who write articles online don't actually write the headlines themselves. Usually, it's usually supplied by the uh, the editors. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it got a lot of people talking about it, which I think was great. I mean, I think Ian Bogus is kind of a dick, but like, what? He's certainly a curmudgeon. Did he did he talk about Twine games at all? Like, I read the first half or two thirds of the article, so I'd, I might have missed some stuff at the end. But like, I don't remember him talking about. I don't think he would consider those to be games. I okay. think he would. Interactive fiction is not a game. I, I think, like, my guess is that. He would he would say that like this article is not about hypertext fiction. So there's a continuum between Twine and Doom, right? Mm-hmm. And there are, <sighs> you don't think that there's a continuum there. So when I say that, what I'm saying it, is like if you, like it, you can have games where there's it's just purely narrative. And it's just written text, and then you can have games where you're moving around in a world, and it's it's trying to be very like representative, like representative of the actual world. Right, but if there if there is a continuum between a Twine game and Doom, mm-hmm. then I think you also have to concede that there is a continuum between a book and a Twine game, and then you have to concede that there's a continuum between a painting and a book. And I don't. I think that like. The continuum between a Twine game and Doom is has to be defined so broadly as to basically render it meaningless. Well, the the reason that we put these things together is just cultural. It is just that, like, the same sorts of people who like Doom, like, many of those sorts of people are the same sorts of people who like Twine games. You, well, you use the same machine to... It, yeah. Yeah, to, they're both... To, to yeah. play them. I mean, that... And you can buy them both on itch. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do see your point, right? And, I, and I'm not. I'm just saying that, like, it seems likely to me that somebody will make a game that has the narrative and choice impact of the best Twine game, but look like Doom, right? And look, and that is just a matter of time, right? Like, I don't know. I mean. I, you know, I, I think that his argument is that that should not necessarily be the goal. But it, it, regardless of whether it's the goal or not, somebody's going to do it. And then it's potentially a game that is telling a really interesting story and also... But his point, I think, is that that is not necessarily the best game or the most game. It's just, like, the the fact that that is what a lot of people would say the goal of the the sort of medium of games is is the thing that he finds kind of exasperating because i care so much more about a game in general when there is a reason for me to be playing it like there's some sort of story right yeah i think theming hooks are really important like to to, to draw people in and like it's a very small step from theming to narrative mm-hmm. yeah but I mean, 
like Don't Look Back has no actual writing in it, but I thought it was a pretty potent story to me. But it's not much of one. That's it. It like that's not what he's talking about. Like Don't Look Back is a game that is good because it is a game and it it communicates ideas in a way that only a game can. And if it was like you play a screen of a platformer and then you get a cutscene where there's conversations between the characters, then that is tending more towards the stuff that he's saying, like, eh, this is not. Well, so like back when movies were silent and had, you know, title cards, do you feel like it was fair to say that they weren't good at telling stories because they hadn't sort of settled into their. Well, no, but I also don't think that that's what he's saying at all. Okay. Like, so he, so he's saying that movies are really good at telling stories, right? But no, no, that the end goal of like the refinement of the art of the movie is, is to tell a story, right? Well, but why and that, is that necessarily true, right? Like I, that's just, I, that's just the dominant way that we use movies Well, I think now, because, right? I think because it's non-interactive, I mean... And it's just what, after hundreds of years, like, we've decided that we want to do with them. Like, the novel. Okay. So, let's say the novel, yeah. right? The novel is definitely just trying to tell a story, right? That's the point of it, mm-hmm. right? So, so as not to say book, right? Because a book can be whatever. A book can be a textbook. A book can be a dictionary. A book can be, you know, just the letter R a thousand times a page for a thousand pages. Right. And then the letter S, if you go to that part of that library. Right. <laughs> um, but the the novel, the goal, like a novel is just going to tell a story, right? Like that's what it's for. That's what it's good at. The end goal of writing a novel is telling the best story that you can. And his argument is that the end goal of making a video game should not also be telling the best story you can. It should be well, whatever it be it's some games like. Y- yes. And at no point does he say that there shouldn't be. Well, he, I mean, the. the the title was games would be better without stories. No, that games without stories are better. That's nah, not. No, I think it's the opposite. I think it is games would be better without stories is, is what the title was, right? I think that's where people took it. I think it's games are better without stories. Okay. Like, right. But that's. Doesn't that doesn't that seem like a. He's he's passing judgment kind of. I guess to someone who's already really sensitive about it. Yeah, maybe like it seems to me like he's expressing an opinion about what he thinks games can be and saying that he feels like to to him says video games are better without stories. Okay. Film, television, literature all tell them better. So why are games still obsessed with narrative? I mean, I think that his point is that there is potentially a different end game for what video games are than just let's tell a story. And, I, you know, probably the fact that I kind of agree with him is what's making me not so head up about this. But it also just doesn't, like, I don't know, man. Like, there must be something about his tone that rubs people the wrong way that just doesn't work on me. But I don't know. I find him kind of abrasive in real life. <laughs> so maybe it's just when he writes stuff down. Anyway. Yeah. So that was a big controversy the past couple of weeks. Yeah. It's over now. It's all blown over. 
we've all gone back to agreeing that video games are the best narrative medium. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's all they are. That's all they're for. That's all they yeah. should be. Yeah. Tetris yeah. Tetris is the most important story of human yeah. creation. Well, I mean it is. <laughs> now I wish I'd read the article so I could actually re like reply to any of what you guys yeah. said in the conversation. Yep. I can link to the article in the show notes. Yeah, let's, I'm not going to read it. We're not going to talk about it again next week. Why not? Thank God. Let's do it. <laughs> so keep bringing it up. This can let's be a new segment. About that. Gentlemen, do you know who episode number 285 of Video Games Hot Dog was brought to us by? Who? Zach? G generous, generous Patreon backer, Tim Tooltip Taylor. <laughs> Fitz Tooltip Packerton. <laughs> Snark back Lickleton. Um, Doris Ito. Tool Tooltip Tip. Tip, tool, tip, tom, tip. Tip, 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 Rotary shoulder blade. Push button shoulder blade. Touch tone shoulder blade. Tool tip, shoulder blade. The whole shoulder blade clan. Guys, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 285 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And if you do, you will. And if you don't, you won't. And if you do, cock-a-boo-boo-balaya. Cock-a-boo-boo-balaya. Good night, everybody. Have a great week. Tool tip. Riff Tooltip Connor. <laughs>